Hello, my name is Julie King and this is the Bonnelly Tourism in a New Era podcast. Each week I'll be interviewing global leaders in the complete tourism supply chain. We will hear how they've adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place and how they are innovating and marketing to rebuild confidence. Hi, my name is Julie King and I'm delighted to welcome you to our final Bonnelly webinar of the series Tourism in a New Era. Bonnelly is a global tourism industry community platform which focuses on industry collaboration, driving 21st century thinking to positively shape the future of tourism and create a positive impact on the world. Today, I'm delighted to welcome back Brett Mitchell, Chief Commercial Officer of the Intrepid Group. Brett, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Julie. No, good to be here. Yeah, we had such a great conversation three weeks ago on the Unite on Purpose Summit Masterclass, along with Neil from Adventure World Travel and Liz from Sundowners Overland. So today I want to get a bit more into depth on the impact on your business and how you see the future of the industry and travel. So we'll start with impact and we'll get straight into it because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, Brett, 2020 has been an incredibly challenging year for the whole tourism industry. We spoke within the first few months of the pandemic and as we come to the end of this year, we've now been working through this crisis for nine months. How difficult has this been for you to operate a business in and what are the challenges that you have faced um, with your business, with travel partners you deal with both locally and internationally? Yeah, um, well, it's been incredibly difficult on all levels, hasn't it, Julie? I think the whole industry has been hurting. Um, And look, the reality is you you can't operate a business when you have zero revenue coming in, which is what all businesses have had effectively. So um, I guess we've gone into almost a semi-hibernation the past uh, nine months. Um, Like most businesses, I think, we've taken advantage of of job keepers where we can, people back on slowly to to more um, full-time hours to try and get a lot of the initiatives done and get ready to rebound. But, um, look, it's been a, yeah, very tough period. And um, I guess for us, we probably all feel a little frustrated that we can't do more to help each other, I would have thought, you know. And for us, it's trying to show empathy. I mean, we communicate regularly with all of our partners. I think that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the individuals, they're our friends in the industry. So it's trying to look after each other and talk to each other as much as possible. You know, and I think we clearly in our developed countries like Australia and New Zealand and our other source markets, the UK, Canada, US, um, you know, the government have provided support and and there has been some good sort of um, social support in place. But it's probably in those developing countries where we take a lot of our clients and I think they felt it a lot harder, you know, whether it's yeah. individuals or local suppliers in India, Vietnam, Egypt, who all rely on tourism, um, and there is no tourism. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's been tough throughout the whole supply chain. Um, yeah. And yeah. so as a business, I think we, you know, I think we, we set up a, um, a hardship fund uh, to support a lot of our local guides and leaders oh, wonderful. in these destinations, which, which helps, um, but we want to do more, but it, it's, it's been tough. Yeah. And and what are the biggest lessons you've learned as a business and as a member of the industry in the last nine months? And and how do you think, Brett, that your your business will you know change moving forward as a result of COVID? Yeah, well, it's important to reflect, isn't it? I think yeah. it needs to take this time to reflect. I guess for us, what was interesting is that a common lesson that we've learned from major disruptions in the past, whether it was SARS, GFC. The main lesson we learned was we need to become more diverse, diversified as a business. Yeah. Diversify more more destinations, 
diversify your distribution, your source markets, your product offering. But of course, this this crisis has been different, hasn't it? It's yeah. pretty hard to diversify a travel company or protect a travel company when there is no travel at all globally. So yeah. I think for us, when we reflect on it, the biggest lesson, and it's a pretty simple one, we think is it's having a strong culture and having a group of people that are committed to your business and the purpose of your business who are resilient, agile, optimistic, empathetic. You know, I think if you've got a group of people like that within your business, you're going to be able to weather the storm. You know, you're going to yeah. be able to get through this. And, you know, I particularly think because I suspect the world will get a lot more volatile as we go forward and, and you know, so focusing on your people and having that strong culture is what I think will get us through it. And that's been our biggest lesson. Yeah, absolutely. And what um, measures have you put in place as a business for travel reopening to ensure consumer confidence? We're starting to see, I guess, in many ways, you know, some murmurs of some travel bubbles, you know, potentially opening. And I think we'll probably see a little bit of Asia starting to open up. Um, So from a consumer confidence perspective, what measures have you put in place? Yeah, well, absolutely. The two the two biggest factors that we're hearing from our clients is around um, safe travel protocols on the ground and, and what are you doing on the ground? And and the other big one is around flexible booking conditions. You know, yeah. what happens if, if in the event of, of COVID flaring up in a certain area, how do I get my money back? So for us, absolutely making sure we're continuing to hone our flexible booking conditions. We've been working with the WTTC on Mm. safe travel protocols and embedding them with all of our itineraries globally. Um, As a business, we're vertically integrated. So we own a lot of the companies in destination as well. So we've got people on the ground in destination who are working really closely with uh, the local health authorities to make sure that the whole supply chain is ultimately going to be ready and safe when travel does return. So... Um, yeah, continuing to focus on those and, and every itinerary, you know, looking at every single itinerary, making sure that if we need to tweak it, we tweak it. It could be some of our itineraries are still going to be um, going to an indoor crowded space, a fish market. Mm-hmm. We'll tweak that because we know indoor crowded spaces is is not appropriate at the moment. Um, yeah. Changing our transportation to private vehicles where you need to. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of work going on around that. Yeah, and I guess there's a lot of agility needed in that process as well to, you know, as things change, you know, to keep, um, yep. you know, moving things around. In terms of collaboration, and we've spoken about this quite a lot, um, how do you feel that your sector of the industry have come together? And in what way has that changed since COVID has impacted the world? Well, I'm on the board of Caso along with you, Julie, yeah, um, yeah. and Caso obviously represents the land supply industry here in Australia. And you know, it's been really pleasing to see our membership growth over this period, which yeah. which, which does show that um, working together is going to help. And I think one good thing that has come out of this is absolutely peers, competitors alike in the land supply industry. You know, we've been getting together, discussing all of these common issues that we have as an industry, and working together to solve them. And I think. I think that has been brilliant. I think um, it's something that we want to continue post-COVID to improve on. Um, mm. I, I think the, the piece that I think has been a bit disappointing, though, because I think AFTA, again, has, has done a great job in, in servicing their members as travel agents. I think CLEAR has done a great job in, in servicing their members in the cruise industry. But I don't think our associations or our different sectors have come together as well as what we could have to collect. Yeah. So... I think for me, when I reflect on that, 
I suspect that's one area that we should we should get together and talk a lot more about going forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And is there anything else that you believe needs to change in the way that the, the global industry comes together to address challenges? Um, yeah, it's even it's a tougher ask even still. <laughs> yeah. I look, the, the one organisation I am familiar with globally is the WTTC. Yeah. And, and I, th- I actually think they've done a very good job globally. I mean, they represent a number of different sectors, accommodation, airlines, tour operators. They represent a lot of different nations. So I, th- I think I think they've got a lot of good lessons that we can learn. Mm. The trick is now trying to filter that to that national level. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. getting our sectors working together. So, I th- yeah, I, th- I think looking at some of those organisations and saying, what can we learn to bring down into that national level? Yeah, and get the national level right first and then start building on how we can start communicating, collaborating more globally. Moving on to marketing, you know, we've talked before at length about the shift in marketing, um, you know, to more from inspirational to more human connected and emotional storytelling. Um, Specific to your business for 2021, how are you adapting now to that trend um, and what are your plans moving forward from a marketing perspective? Well, 100% authentic storytelling resonates. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, you know, people don't want a hard sell. And I think we're, we're pretty fortunate to work in the travel industry where we, we're selling product that is so inspirational and it's so emotive anyway. So, yeah, I think for us, marketing absolutely needs to emotionally connect with, with, your, with your clients or your prospective customers. And I guess for us, uh, what we focus on a lot when it comes to marketing is, um, is telling our business story, yeah. our purpose-driven as a company. So, you know, whether it's protecting the environment, whether it's, you know, travel is there to be transformational um, around human-to-human connection. It's just about ticking off the major sites of a destination. And so I I guess we, when we market, we try to be as transparent as we can as a company, Mm. let our customers know who we are, to let them know what we stand for, what we believe in. And it's a lot of that sort of purpose-driven as a business. So. For us, that's sort of how we've tackled it and how we'll continue to, to tackle it going forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and what other changes do you feel need to happen in destinations from their marketing perspective moving forward? You know, we know everyone's been consumed in the digital space um, for the last nine months. What direction do you feel countries need to take, you know, to support that marketing? Yeah, it's, it is an important question, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, we don't know how travel is going to forward, but we hope travel will change for the better going forward. And I think marketing will ultimately play a pretty big role in that. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess for us it would be, um, you know, for us we we absolutely we focus on the destination, but for us the most important thing is the culture, the incredible yeah. cultures that you get by travelling to a different destination and whether that's the food or, um, you know, the festivals and that real power, the power of that human-to-human connection. So it's not just about the sites or the wildlife. Uh, it's about really trying to show off that rich and diverse set of cultures that we have as a world and, and celebrating those and preserving those cultures in your, in your marketing. Um, yeah. And I think the other, the other main one for us, Julie, we think is around sustainability. Yeah. Um, you know, you understand how fragile our world is and, uh, you know, I think we've all seen some of those ugly scenes in the past when you had too much tourism, mass tourism, yeah. overcrowded cities and the tension that creates between tourists and and locals, um, you know, and I don't think we want to go back to that. And I think marketing plays an important role in 
being able to, once you've got product and you've innovated product, to really show off product in a different way, show destinations in a different way. Yes, absolutely, show off the Taj Mahal. Yeah. But make sure we're also really showing the other areas of the destination to make sure we get real good dispersion when yeah. we travel and take our clients and, and just get off the beaten track. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I think initially for many countries that will be very much a, a focus because it's on everyone's mind. But I wonder, you know, when everyone relaxes back into tourism, getting back to some form of normality, if that will slip back again. Um, and it will be an interesting conversation to have, you know, with more and more countries as to how do we keep that top of mind and not lose sight of you know, that that is really crucial moving forward. We don't want to end up, you know, back in this position again and we need to keep shifting. Absolutely. And we've we've got the opportunity now, haven't we? So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Moving on to innovation, um, when we spoke, um, you know, about six months ago, I think it was now, you know, we were really just at the crucial part of the pandemic hitting. But have you in that nine months done anything to innovate in your business, apart from obviously keeping it to a survival stage in that period? Or have you planned any key innovation moving into 2021? Um, yeah, we, we have. We've, we've been, we have been very busy on a few different fronts. I think one Pre-COVID, we were looking to expand our, our domestic product range, our local yeah. product range. So this was a really good accelerant for us to do that. And I think we've got well, close to 100 itineraries in Australia and New Zealand now, and, and we're building right. out our US domestic product range. We've accelerated the implementation of our tailor-made strategy and really create our, our capability. And that's giving our, hopefully to give our customers, you know, a much better choice and flexibility to travel independently yeah. via our, our global travel network. We've invested in technology and, and customer experience. We've enhanced our sort of agent portal for our partners. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at operation efficiencies and just trying to really position the business for the rebound. And for yeah. So, so there, there's a lot. We've reviewed our whole product itineraries, uh, reviewed every single itinerary to say, well, how can we continue to reduce our carbon footprint on right. every single itinerary that we have out there? Yeah. Um, We've even put in a new accounting system, a new ERP has come Wow. In. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just trying to use this time as best yeah. we can and make sure we've got the foundations and ready to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, been, there's obviously been a lot of businesses starting to shift their business models in this time. What, From what you've seen, have, can you recall any sort of great examples of innovation that you've seen in the tourism industry as a whole? From that, I mean, you know, there has been a side of the industry that have sort of more or less parked their businesses and just hoping for the best and hoping for the support. And then, you know, maybe just going back to the way that they've run businesses. But from the ones that you can see shifting, is there any that come to mind? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I don't think there's anything obvious that comes to mind, to be mm. honest. I mean, I think it's pretty hard when you a lot of businesses are trying to survive and, and there's so much uncertainty. It is hard to innovate. Yeah. Um, so I haven't got any clear clear senses of innovation from the operator supplier side. I think absolutely there's a lot more local, there's a lot of local product innovation happening. Yeah. Um, I think in the retail space, you're absolutely seeing a shift towards this home-based travel advisory model. Yeah. Something that's going to continue to to grow. We're we're actually seeing a lot of businesses outside of the travel space um, wanting to engage their clients in experiences a lot more often. Right. So, um, and we're seeing the travel vertical up in that. So whether it's an accommodation provider, whether it's a sport in the sports industry or the apparel industry, we are, we are starting to partner and just explore ways of potentially um, 
bringing experiences to new audiences. So we have right. to see a bit of that shift around that collaboration. Um, but otherwise, no, I, th I think I think a lot of businesses have no doubt been doing what we're doing, just getting their businesses internally ready, yeah. systems and, and ready to rebound when travel returns. Yeah, it'll be interesting in the next six months to see actually how businesses change, you know, as travel starts to open up. Yeah. Um, so, Brett, looking at trends, um, well, obviously, we've talked about the trends in the industry moving from silo to integrated, um, from global to local, and then local local to global to be local. Um, and obviously, the other trend that we're seeing is much more of a conscious consumption. Um, we touched on a little bit of that during the Unite on Purpose um, Summit, but can you tell us a little bit more in depth how, I, I guess from what you've been saying previously, your business does a lot of local um, yeah. focus through your itineraries anyway, but is there anything else that you're changing to your itineraries and products that basically align with those trends? Yeah, look, oh, there's nothing drastically we're doing different, Julie. I think we yeah. think, you know, our founders founded the business 30 years ago on that belief of local, immersive yeah. um, value creation to all stakeholders. So we'll, we'll be continuing to focus on exactly that, creating real-life experiences that give back to local communities, safe, sustainable travel, and something that ideally creates shared value for, for all stakeholders. So, yeah, for us, that, that's, that's, that's our wheelhouse, and, and we think the trends will continue in that space and We'll double down in, in doing what we what yeah we yeah it's part of your wider DNA isn't it and from a customer feedback perspective are you getting a lot of feedback in relation to what your clients are looking at when they rebook travel and what their expectations are for moving forward yeah well surprisingly our clients are more resilient or, or more optimistic than what we are um, you know we're still seeing good bookings and as I mentioned before we've got close to sixty thousand clients who holding credit with us right try to talk to them every day um and they can't wait to get traveling again yeah i think i think the, the lifting of the international borders is going to be very important for, for the australian market yeah. um but yeah a lot of our customers that they're, they're jumping on the local product that we've now that we've now launched and and the main bookings are starting to come through in, in the second half of 2021 so oh, great yeah we're not we're not expecting a return to pre-covid levels in 2021 sure. but um you know in 2022 we are expecting a bigger bounce yeah um our northern hemisphere markets are surprisingly bouncing back quicker okay. probably no surprise because the international borders are, are open there so we're yeah. still healthy sales on our sort of our best-selling trips out of those key markets and uh i guess the other interesting trend that i looked at the other day when i, I looked at the customers booking for intrepid uh, we were expecting to potentially see the youth starting to book a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, but we haven't seen that. We've seen a really good cross even spread from the baby boomer, our core 30 to 50, as well as our 18 to 29. Well, that's of, interesting. It is. They've all come back at the same time, even the baby boomer. I yeah. Mean, baby boomer, but they're still booking at the equivalent levels. So, yeah, that was an interesting trend that we have seen. Yeah, and do you think that's, you know, particularly for the, the, the more older demographic, do you think that's because of the, the word of the vaccination starting to, you know, gain more momentum, you know, coming in? Do you think people are just getting a bit more confident that we are going to have that in place? Absolutely. I, you know, I think it's, um, it was pretty dark there for a while, wasn't it? But yeah. We're, see we're, seeing, we're seeing the improvements in the testing protocols, as an example. Yeah. Uh, you know, very accurate testing protocols. 10 minutes 
you know, the vaccine has, has been announced and it'll be widely distributed throughout 2021. So, yeah, we're starting to see that confidence come back now. Well, that's great news. From customer feedback, do you see there's a trend in people looking for more value or, or, or better pricing, um, you know, moving forward? Or is that not even a consideration at the moment? People just want to travel. No, yeah, we haven't seen that as a consideration, okay. which is great. You know, it really yeah. is. I mean, I mentioned earlier, I think that the two biggest factors we're seeing from our clients is that flexibility around booking conditions yeah. and safety aspect. It's it's not the price aspect, which is which is really good to see. I mean, and we don't know how, I guess, this recessionary impact might play out down the yeah. road and whether that has an impact on, on travel demand. Yeah. But I think typically as a business, Intrepid has always operated from that two and a half to four and a half star yeah. range. So it covers a lot of good aspects um, and therefore it's quite well positioned to cater for for downturns in the market. Right. And so in that sense, we, we still feel pretty pretty optimistic, um, even if there is a, a recessionary sort of effect that comes off the back of COVID. Um, you know, we think people still want to travel. They might yeah. not go five-star, they might drop to four-star, they might not go for two weeks, they might go for one week. Or, right. Okay, uh, that's interesting. And I guess on that, there's a lot of um, discussion around that we might see that consumers are not going to travel as frequently in the future, but they'll travel for longer, um, you know, to immerse themselves more in the destination and, and perhaps even work from there in some cases. Do you think in, in your product and your business that you'll, you're starting to see some of that trends with forward bookings now? Um, no. So it's interesting, interesting to hear that, Julie. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't think we have seen that, and we—it's probably yeah. It'll be. I'll, I'll sit back and reflect on that because I haven't heard that that sort of trend before. But I mean, yeah. we absolutely think leisure travel will rebound and continue yeah. its mega trend. I mean, it it will be a mega trend for the next 10, 20 years. Yeah, confident of that. We think corporate travel might be a little more structurally impaired as a result of COVID. Yeah, um, we are seeing initially we're seeing shorter haul destinations rebound quicker. Yeah. Um, so that is something we're seeing. How long that will last, I'm not sure. Um, absolutely, we feel this trend towards smaller group, immersive, local style will continue. Yeah. COVID will probably accelerate that. Um, yeah. More active travel. We've absolutely seen our walking product, our cycling product bounce back a lot quicker. And hopefully we start to see a few more of our off-the-beaten-track itineraries. Right. Uh, to come back as well. So, yes, spending some time in the, the key capital cities, but spending more time um, in the regional areas. So um, we'll have to watch and wait and see how that plays out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, to, to have that discussion in about six months' time to see how that's yes. all going. Yeah. Um, so, Brett, you were talking about 2021 and you're starting to see some bookings, you know, already coming in. So what level of recovery do you feel, um, you know, will take place in 2021, not just for your business, but for the wider industry? Um, and obviously 2022 has a, a different thought process because we will hopefully see a stronger um, rebound. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, well, I think I touched on it earlier. We're mm. absolutely seeing a lot more positivity um, at the moment. So, that's a good sign. Um, you know, obviously with, like I said, the testing regimes and the vaccine, we think the Northern Hemisphere summer period yeah. will, be, will be a strong one for 2021. So okay. primarily UK customers going to Europe and, and American customers going to Europe. So we think, we think that will be, that will be a nice good start. Um, again, out of Australia, we just need to hear some good news on the international borders. We, we hope the second half of 2021. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about, we think it'll be a much stronger rebound 
2022. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you feel Australia has handled and managed through COVID in general from a controlling the outbreak and, and economically as well um, within our industry compared to other parts of the world? What's your your overall, overall mm. view on that? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a contentious one, this one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, it is, I find it hard to compare nation to nation because we're in such yeah. different circumstances and, yeah. you know, ultimately Australia is luckier than most. We're an island, so it's easier to control our borders, as an example. And we're a wealthier country, so it's easier to put in job keepers and help a lot of those who are most vulnerable and affected. So um, I think ultimately we can't complain too much, can we? No. I I, I live in Melbourne, Julie, so I I was a bit of a a brutal lockdown there for some time. Yeah, you have had it really hard um, during that time. Yeah, it was, and but but ultimately, you know, it was it was the community spirit and, and the values of Australians who, who you know, unlike what you see in the US and the like, everyone yeah. looked after each other. People, yeah. you know, they wore masks because they knew they were trying to protect each other, and and ultimately, I think that's what got us through more yeah. than anything else. It was that community spirit, I think. So, yeah, it's really pleasing to see. I, I think I'm a little disappointed to see how, or the lack of collaboration between states. To be honest, I think. Yeah. It looked like they all just, you know, pulled back and withdrew and it was all fend for yourself and there wasn't really a nation. It was, um, you know, it almost seemed a nation of separate states there. For, for yeah. some, and obviously politics have played a pretty big big, big part in that. So I, I think that was a bit disappointing for me. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think job JobKeepers has been success. I think we have handled it really well and we just hope there's going to be some further assistance from the government, I think, going forward. For Absolutely. Absolutely, particularly as we, we're not likely to see a lot of borders opening until, you know, if we're lucky, I think, you know, later in the year. Yeah, yeah. And what what changes do you think are required to shift the industry and ensure sustainability of tourism? And this is, you know, not just at a national level, but also a global level, while striving a positive impact on the, the planet, um, society and ensuring a stronger economy. Uh, yeah, well, I think it goes back to let's hope we don't waste waste a crisis. Yeah. This is an opportunity, I think, for us as an industry to almost lead the way in what we can do in creating a sustainable long-term industry yeah. and, and creating shared value for all stakeholders because when all of our stakeholders are thriving and successful, that's how we have a, that's how we have a more successful industry. So, yeah, I, I really hope as a... As a um, as an industry, we start to, to understand that, understand the importance of that whole ecosystem. Yeah. Um, because I think it really does has, you know, travel can play a huge part in being able to shift thinking and, and create that shared value and distribute wealth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's hope, let's hope we can lead the way as we rebound out of this. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, I wonder what's the easiest way forward in that because there's obviously, you know, companies that are doing this really well, like yourselves, um, but we need to bring other you know, companies along this journey as well. And and for some, it's overwhelming, you know, to actually where do they start in that whole process. But I wonder, I think, you know, it needs to be tackled nationally and, you know, then look how we can lobby, you know, more internationally to make it, you know, easier to give people support and advice on how to do that moving forward, because otherwise we'll just remain as we are. And I yeah. think we've got a lot of work even here, you know, in, in this region to, to still do with many businesses, um, you know, to educate um, on that side. So it'll be interesting to have a, 
a later discussion on that to see what do we do, you know, to bring everyone on the journey and and make sure that we don't fall back into those practices. Hundred percent. The more the more we can collaborate and help each other. Uh, yeah. There it is for all of us. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just talking about, I want to just talk a little bit more about your responsible tourism programs that you have in place because you've got a really robust system there. Um, how? Just talk a little bit more about, you know, how those programs were sort of put in place and how they have they evolved since the start of the pandemic. You know, have you reviewed those again and thought we need to still be doing more? And you were already doing a lot, you know, as it was. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, and and it is a good point, Julie, because the best way to describe it is it's a journey. Absolutely, you know, you can tick off and we're doing some things good and we're getting better at other things, but, you know, it it is an absolute journey until until the, 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 you know, the whole life cycle of our company. And uh, we, you know, our founders started the business 30 years ago and and that was off the belief of travel being a force for good and um, Mm -hmm. giving back to local communities and and we'll continue to to be that purpose-driven business. And we're not perfect on everything, um, but we just we understand our responsibility to, to get better. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got incredible people in our business and, and they're the ones who are driving a lot of it. Our customers help us drive it. We, we've become a B Corp, B Corporation, which means, um, you know, as a business, we, we try to hold ourselves to the highest standard around social and environmental um, work that we do and, and I think that's provided us a really good framework to continue to work on going forward so yeah. um, no no it's, it's a long journey. And, yeah and did I read somewhere that you also you measure your whole PNL as to what percentage you know is diverted back to sustainable and responsible tourism practices as well was that am I correct in reading that somewhere as well within your site? Yeah yeah that's right and we've all mm-hmm. yeah we, we've we've recently um, implemented science-based targets in, in mm-hmm. To do around um, reducing global warming, um, and so we're, we're, in everything we do, we try to measure. You need the measurement, and yeah. as a business, we want to be as transparent as possible. So, even though we're a private business, you can go onto our website, and every year you can see um, a full publication of our results, our financial yeah. results, which have been audited, but also all of the work we're trying to do around what we talk about. So if we talk about sustainability, you'll actually see there black and white what we've been able to achieve through science-based targets. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that transparency is very important. It helps us um, be better as a business and, and hold up our end of the bargain. Absolutely. Yeah, which is great. Um, and my last question um, to you is what advice from your experience so far would you give to other global travel partners in evolving their business and being more agile to be ready for this new era moving into 2021? Um, I, th- I think I mentioned it earlier, Julie. I, I think it's um, absolutely you need to diversify your business model, mm-hmm. uh, but but I think it's all around creating a, a really strong culture, yeah. a purpose-driven business. Um, and a business that really looks after your people. If you look after your people um, and they believe in your vision as a business, I think you'll be able to conquer and get through many issues that, that we're going to be facing going forward. So, yeah, your, your people, your culture, um, you know, they're going to define your success as a business. Um, and ultimately it's, it's the ability to su- succeed and I think ultimately it's going to be a much more volatile world. So, you know, you want that people, people strong culture and you'll be able to get through anything. Yeah, absolutely. 
Brett, thank you so much again for generously giving us your time and valuable insights today. We look forward to bringing you back on many panels in the future. I promise I'll give you a break for a little while because we, we have been speaking quite a lot recently. Um, we'll be sharing this recording on our website and we'll be releasing a podcast in the, up in the upcoming week as well, which will also go on Spotify, um, iTunes and Google. Thank you to our global community for supporting Bonnelli and being part of Shaping the Future of Tourism. We will be back on the 21st of January with a brand new webinar series, which you can join through our subscription on our website. Our website will have details of this in the coming week. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. <music>